And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Naz, I don't know what film you were watching, but it wasn't the same film I saw. I'm all the man you need, bro. Yeah, I was, I was pretty shocked and appalled. Uh, I saw I'll Bring the Duck Tip. It wasn't a very good movie. I laughed at it more than I laughed at The Possession. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Is It a Bicycle? Season 10, Episode 22, the original and bestest ever TV and movie podcast. My name is Stephen Wrigley and I'll be your host for this evening. Uh, beside me have a man who says nothing warms his heart more than seeing a dad teach his son how to clear his web history. It's Mike <laughs> McDonough. McDonough. <laughs> Live from Vegas, we have a man who learns from the mistakes of people who took his advice. It's John Leonard. <laughs> and in the red corner, it's a cuddly kidder. <laughs> man who likes to paint pictures of World War II bombers onto the sides of beautiful women. It's Mark, <laughs> superhero, Leonard. <laughs> this week, we'll be discussing some movies in the shape of The Call-Up, Money Monster, Nice Guys in Warcraft. And some TV in the shape of Lady Dynamite and Outcast. Uh, of course, we'll have some of the usuals with the news and some previews. Coming to a bicycle near you. Some McGregor Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, is there news? Picking up a bit of steam. Is it? Oh. Been reported from a fairly trusted source that both Mayweather and McGregor have said yes. But has Dana said yes? Yeah. Well, I'm, it's it's awkward now because they talked about it on Chael Sonnen this week, and I don't want to just repeat everything that he yeah. said. Right, okay. <laughs> right. But um, Chael at least seems to think that if... if uh, the boxing peeps made a call to Dana that it would happen. Yeah. Mm. Thing is, Dana is a control freak, and so is Mayweather. How, uh, how but, is that going to be re- reconciled? Dana's a businessman. Mm. There's money in it. Yeah. Yeah, and all of the stuff that happens in Vegas mm-hmm. stays pays, in Vegas. Pays, <laughs> pays a portion of the income to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no way that Dana would say no to something that would send money to the people who basically provide his fund mm-hmm. yeah provide everything really yeah. it's the base yeah. for the ufc in vegas you know uh-huh. mm-hmm. um it'd be a bit of a freak show if it happened i don't want to see it at all no. <laughs> i don't want like mike you've been saying for years that any good boxer will beat an mma fighter in boxing yeah and i've never disagreed with you yeah Are they, is this planned under boxing rules or mma boxing. rules no boxing match <laughs> but he's a fairly handy boxer though he is at amateur level. Yeah. There's a big jump up to... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. Um, I know Mayweather's, what, tipping 40 now, so he might have slowed down a bit, but I, I still couldn't see you getting any kind of odds on McGregor under those rules. No, he'd have, he'd have nothing for him. He'd have absolutely nothing for him. There's, yeah. no, there's no way... There's no way McGregor mm-hmm. will come out of that smiling, like, no yeah. way. Um, I don't think it'd be a good fight, though. No, well, I mean, Mayweather's style is just to dance around for 12 rounds... Winning each round by one jab, <laughs> so, and McGregor yeah, won't be able I mean? to hit like, him. <laughs> and McGregor is a, a better counter striker. Mm-hmm. So you have two counter strikers; they never mm-hmm. tend to make great fights. Like, yeah, yeah, you could end up with a fight where there isn't actually a single punch landed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Mm. Uh, so we wait with bated breath. We do. Okay. I just have to watch that space. I, I know Connor's back in, in Ireland. I, I saw an Instagram post from today. He's yeah. back in SPG oh, yeah. Dublin. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, so, I don't know what you can read into that, but yeah. that's where he is anyway. Well, I know. I'm sure as fuck not, not getting pay-per-view on that. Those two bastards have enough money already. 
<clears throat> um, right, I guess we've got to tear into this because we've got a bit to get through. Um, oh, I wanted to mention Top Gear's back after uh, the big scandal Ooh. and splitters and uh, people being let go and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the new Top Gear has uh, two hosts, um, Chris Evans and uh, Matt LeBlanc mm-hmm. of Joey Friends fame. Okay. Um, and... I thought it was going to be absolute horseshit, but actually, it's it's about as horseshitty as Top Gear normally is. Okay. Yeah. Um, didn't work too bad. Chris Evans just needs to remember that he's got a mic on and he doesn't have to shout. Okay. Um, <laughs> all the time. That yeah. that got a bit irritating after a while. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt LeBlanc was quite good. He was quite. I was funny. just going to ask: Does he yeah. have any car creds? Um, let me see. Because you can ask any racer. Yeah, no, he's winning. He's not a racer. Uh, no, he's just got more of a personality and an interest in it, you know, that kind of way. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are looking for a third, I believe, as well. And they have Sabine of Nürburgring fame standing in for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Stig is still with them. Have, but they, have they kept the same look and feel? Or? Yeah, very much so. Um, they have changed around a few bits, so it's not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, very similar. It's It's like a franchise show, mm-hmm. you know, as if. You know, like they've done with the, the American Top Gear and the mm. Australian Top Gear, all yeah. the other ones. Uh-huh. Um, they can't make any tall jokes anymore, can they? No, but they make a lot <laughs> of jokes about Clarks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a good few digs about him. So, <coughs> so, so that was good. Um, and they also have uh, another show called Extra Gear, which has just started, um, but it's on the iPlayer, and that has uh, Chris Harris on it. Mm-hmm. And Chris Harris, if you don't know him, he's um, huge on YouTube. Um, he is uh, up there with Top Gear in terms of car reviews and so mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Um, quite well respected. So I believe that show is only 24, 25 minutes long but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people preferred it okay yeah would well, they make him the third chair uh, i think it's been mentioned but i think uh, he's he's a he's got a different approach and he's he, he's not looking for the laugh like top gears light entertainment mm-hmm. uh sort he's of more of a serious car guy is he yeah he's more about delivering facts mm-hmm. you know and that kind of thing. But he does it very eloquently as well. Mm-hmm. More eloquently than I am describing the episode. Okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> In fact, so. I know he's, he's, he's really good. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, it was good to see it back. And it'll be interesting to see what um, the new one on Amazon is going to be like um, with the Clarkson gang. Is there a date for that? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. It's not too far off, though. I believe they are filming. Yeah. A lot of money in it. I bet. Yeah, so... Um, so that was that. That's uh, season twenty-three of Top Gear. <laughs> Damn, episode one. Same as yeah. the Ultimate Fighter. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Only good. <laughs> Another Damn one I got to this week that's a re- returning is uh, <laughs> Wayward Pines. Oh and, God! Uh, anyone else see episode one? Yep. Did you? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I couldn't not watch it. Yeah, really. Yeah, it was one of my favorite shows last year. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I kind of like where they took it. Yeah. Because um, it was very. It was very much so kind of finished at the end of last season. Mm, yeah. um, I know they had a cliffhanger, but I really wondered what, yeah. where can you go from there? Where here, can you like? go from there? Yeah, yeah. Um, but in fairness to them, they got the old ideas machine together. And they <laughs> did. Yeah, it, it tied in nicely at mm-hmm. the end of uh, season one. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not too bad. I'm not sure. I'm not as mad about it as I was. Well, I suppose because the secret is out now. Yeah. Like in the, the first series, you spent the whole time saying, is is this real? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you don't, you, I suppose you don't have that in season mm. two. But and the other thing that kind of annoyed me is that they have those um, 
uh, fascist-esque uniforms and all mm-hmm. the cops. Uh, yeah. You know, they're they're just shy of going with the, the big Nazi style. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you call those things? Jodhpurs? Yeah. yeah. Um, so advertisements for Wayward Pines Season 2 have been plastered all over any uh, of the Hulu or whatever TV show yeah. streaming services I've been using. Yeah. I didn't know that there were zombies in it. Oh, you didn't watch season one then? I watched I watched the first episode and went... You made us. Boring. Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah. Oh. See, and I went boring also. Yeah. There were zombies? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you dumb bastards. <laughs> you why, didn't why, take why our advice. Did you bring this to our attention? <laughs> not normal zombies. Scary zombies. No. Yeah. Very scary yeah. zombies. Zombies Abbies. are scary. Oh, no, these nope. are extra scary. They've mm-hmm. got like sharp razor teeth and they look a little bit alien. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any of the plot, but presumably they have to fight them all of the time. Okay, so you really need to just step back to 2015 and start watching this fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> How <laughs> many episodes? I think there's only eight episodes in season one. Ooh, is it like 50 minutes long? Uh, I think 40 minutes. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. And do they meet the zombies <laughs> in episode two? Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. a it's a good few deep. Isn't yeah, it? It, it's a it's a big story arc kind of a thing. Um, Could one simply start watching season two? No, no, no. absolutely no way. Right, just yeah. lost me. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I mean, you can because they do a recap at, in the first thirty seconds of season two. But I don't know. That's wasting the fun. Like, it didn't work out too well. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Just start from episode one. I think I've decided I'm not going to do it. Oh, yeah. You're lost, man. I'll watch. Like, yeah, it's fine. There's only so many shows you can watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's true. And how many of those shows have Matt Dillon and zombies in them? Well, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of zombies, yeah. which you would run into mm-hmm. at the apocalypse, mm-hmm. both Sean and I went to see X-Men Apocalypse. Did you? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Not together because he's the other side of the world. Yeah. So inconveniently, we, yeah. as we you might remember, we gave this very different ratings, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering how the guys will. I I suspect I suspect there's going to be a division in the Leonard household. Do you? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, have um, you have you talked? We, did, you, we, did you connive? We did some Skype drinking over the oh, weekend. Oh, you did, did you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, Which is thanks for that call, by the way. Sean, yeah. Yeah. Sean wondering <laughs> when I let him go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> And me, me thinking that I'm funnier and funnier by the moment. <laughs> um, so I saw X-Men Apocalypse. I was really looking forward to this movie because I'm very invested in the Apocalypse storyline from the comics that I mentioned last week. Yeah. I struggled to put my finger on exactly why, but I didn't like it. Mm. I thought it started out really strongly with the Magneto storyline, which has been the strength of this franchise from the start. Mm. And then they forgot about him for about an hour. And they kind of lost me when they did. And the climax was very disappointing. Um, it was foreshadowed foreshadowed, far too much. And I, it's it's difficult to talk, talk about properly without spoiling, but mm-hmm. uh, I didn't like what they did with the characters in the climax. No, just, it sounds like you're talking an awful lot of sense there, Mark. I just, I just think this is, they've done this before. <laughs> and it wasn't wasn't for every effective. superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. No, yeah. But specifically, mm. oh, okay, this yeah, yeah. Sean. Um, so for me, I think they played away from their strengths. I didn't enjoy it. I think Batman vs Superman far better film still. 
I think uh, Iron Man Civil Captain America Civil War was a better film also, which I, and I wasn't hugely gone on that one either. So, Sean, what did you think? So, uh, I actually saw Captain America Civil War for the second time yesterday. It was fun. Um, so, X-Men Apocalypse. They have, the franchise has a problem that their biggest stars are supposed to be ancillary characters. So, Jennifer Lawrence, um, Michael Fassbender, and James McAvoy are characters that are often used quite sparingly uh, in the X-Men universe. So, for example, Mystique is playing a hugely central role in the films, more so than she ever did in the comics. Mm-hmm. She was far more uh, a secondary antagonist. Um, and But just because they have based so much of it, if you look at First Class, a lot of the things that were issues there, but were covered over by the movie being fun and good, mm-hmm. are issues here again. Mm-hmm. There is a split between the students, the youngsters, many of them being new characters, and these uh, these characters that have been in the franchise that have been semi-ignored for a while mm-hmm. or have been focused on way too much for a long time. <clears throat> so that was something that I knew was going to be a difficulty and I was interested to see how they dealt with it. There's some really, there's some stuff in this that I was like, here we go. Okay, it's about to happen. I'm about to see the X-Men mm-hmm. and the X-Men are going to go do X-Men stuff in a movie, which if you think about it, they don't usually do. X-Men First Class was about them figuring out how to be X-Men. X-Men Days of Future Past was about how they weren't X-Men anymore because they didn't know how to be X-Men because everyone was sad. Um, if you think about X-Men 1 and X-Men 2 and X-Men 3, there you had X-Men, but usually the problems were, oh, we're all split up and we're on the run. Or we have to go fight the people who disagree with us philosophically, so X-Men fighting X-Men. So they've done a lot of these stories before. And that was a problem. So I was kind of just going, right, what's going to be new? What's going to be different? Here's what's new and different. None of the characters, bar maybe three or four who have been in almost every film, had any relationships with each other. Um, the, the villains, uh, Apocalypse and his horsemen, really, really rough, really terrible. They had one character that they gave basically an alternate origin to, but he only had a line. Mm-hmm. Like maybe two lines. Uh, Psylocke, who I was really excited to see because the, the costume looked great. It looked the most like any X-Men like comic or cartoon costume ever. Two lines. Such a waste. Mm-hmm. Such a waste. Is she getting a film of her own? Don't think so. She should. She waste the fucking time. Also, or at least reason- a calendar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, the reasons why people did or didn't do things were really vague to me. Like... Uh, at certain, like it's really important which side people pick in a certain sense. And there were moments when it was like, wait a minute, this, why did you do all these things if that was all it took for you to stop doing these things? Because like there's massive destruction in this movie. Like on a global scale, people are almost certainly dying. And, and then it's just kind of like, oh, no, maybe we shouldn't do some of these things. Like it just didn't make sense. Quicksilver was great, right? There's little moments where I was like, that i want that to be in like an x-men movie but it seems like they spend all their fucking time leading up to right now we can be x-men by the end of the film i was just going i would watch a tv show with these characters and actors right now because they have the money if you've been watching like uh the flash arrow legends of tomorrow they have the money to make these people and their powers look good like 
there's almost for each person you could be like, well, they're like that character from The Flash. I know they have the CG to do those powers because I've seen it and it looks good. So I just, I was very, very disappointed. And I got more disappointed the more I thought about it because I didn't have high expectations. But then I realized I love these characters and they were getting shit shrift. Yeah. So I think, I think it was their, their, their emphasis was misplaced. It's a five for me, Steve. Five. Right. Okay. Four out of 10 for me. Oh, wow. Wow, I was way off the money, huh? You certainly were, Steve. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, dude, your opinion is perfectly valid. Like, we are the four most respected reviewers in TV and film. <laughs> <laughs> You're one quarter of our voice when Sean is not around. <laughs> um, I saw a new show called Witless. Mm-hmm. Uh, season one, episode one. It stars Kerry Howard and Zoe Boyle. Um, and after witnessing a gangland shooting, the flatmates, Leanne and Rona, played by those two girls, mm-hmm. um, are put into witness protection, given new identities, and dumped in a flat in Swindon. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, two extremely young hitmen are on their trail mm-hmm. with a gun. And uh, so, yeah, it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's not my kind of fare. Okay. It's just not my kind of comedy. Yeah. Um, it's very silly. It has a few laughs. There's no guffaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started to stress me out because it was okay. so silly. You know, okay, it was just, yeah. you know, it was just, uh, annoying actually uh-huh. after a while. Even the, the characters that he thought, okay, I respect this person now. Yeah. I can follow this person because the other one's an absolute halfwit. Yeah. But then it just, well, she it turns out witness, to be, like. she turns out <laughs> to be total halfwit as well. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, enough of this. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'd give it a skip. Okay. Witless anyway. Yeah. Um, what else had we this week? Oh, Mike, I got the, bro- the Brothers Grimsby. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How would you like it? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I know you said it was a bit <laughs> off color in places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it well, like, he's, he's got form for that. Like, Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't quite what I was expecting from Rob Strong. <laughs> <laughs> who, can, <laughs> but, who can forget the glories of Bruno? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's like watching an Adam Sandler movie. It's uh, like watching uh, Baron... Uh, Cohn, mm-hmm. what's his name? What's his name? Baron Cohn, Sasha, Baron Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohn. Yeah. Uh, movie. It's you know what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think of his relationship with Mark Strong? I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, you know, you know, it it made me laugh. It made me laugh a lot. You yeah. know, um, it's it's not uh gonna hit the Oscars. It's not the peak of cinematic experience, yeah. but you know, it's it's fun. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. It, yeah. it has it has a, a certain cult following I think. yeah 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 um yeah it, it was fun you know mm-hmm. if, if you're if you've that kind of if you like his other stuff mm-hmm. you, you have that sense of humor yeah you love it yeah, yeah. but if you don't <laughs> <laughs> good luck <laughs> yeah, don't come near us. <laughs> yeah yeah um okay so money monster who saw this yeah. sean yeah uh, we, we previewed this didn't we sean we did indeed. Uh, this uh, stars George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Uh, it's basically about one of those 
one of those TV shows, right? Uh, Julia Roberts plays the director and, and producer of the show uh, and the star being George Clooney. In the film, they do a money show where they talk about stocks that people should buy, stocks people should sell. It's all very much bloated. Like, they do the old radio DJ sound effects, except it's, you know, audio and visual. And it's basically just a guy whose life seems to be kind of empty and shallow, but who really loves himself. And it's about that one day their their lives are basically interrupted uh, and, you know, everything changes because somebody shows up to uh, a taping of the show um, live, a live taping of the show with a bomb and a gun because he was given some advice and the system's rigged and he wants some answers for why a certain thing happened. Is that Jack O'Connell by any chance? Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so those those are your three main people, right? Yeah. Um, and I, so I was trying to figure out a way to describe this movie. But anytime I ever go back and watch like a famous, famous film, like from what, like the 90s or the 80s or the 70s or the 60s or the 50s, I get this feeling, right, um, where everything is just done well. Everything. I mean, like every single character that's in it is perfectly used and is fully used to the best of, you know, who they are. The character relationships are quick. It's immediate. Like, that you just, it, you don't have any of that exposition thing of, like, this is who this person is. Yeah. And, this, and it's just so well done. So, for example, right, there's one character who's, uh, and, and it's tough to make this interesting because he's basically just, like, an assistant on the show. There's one character, and his entire storyline is physical. Right, he basically runs across town to get to the uh, to the tape before it starts because he has a, a contact that's given him some erectile cream, and he's like, "Look, so I, if the guy says this works, and if it does, then we need to buy this stock. You know, you should tell everybody. I think it's a buy. I think it's a buy." And George Clooney's just like, "So have you tried it yet?" And he's like, "No, I just got it and ran over." And he's like, "Got five minutes." So like he go like he this character begins the movie out of breath having to go into the bathroom and then call George Clooney be like yeah it works man yeah it really works <laughs> now that him <clears throat> throughout this story this really fucking intense story that you have this character who keeps getting to go run over there go deal with this like what the, he doesn't even realize what's going on for the longest time and this is a tiny infinitesimal part of the movie. Um, the, the whole thing that they're filming the entire time is used so well because uh, Julie Roberts' character is, is really badass. She realizes that this guy wants to talk. He wants to get his message out there. So she tries to play into who he is and what he wants by continuing to direct the show. She is in the earpiece of George Clooney the whole time, who, by the way, a vacuous coward who is coming to terms with his own mortality <laughs> and uh, lack of... Uh, lack of anything real and tangible in his life in a really charming and hilarious and moving way. Huh. It just, everything, everything moves. The pacing is so well done. How is uh, Dominic West and uh, Katrina Balfour's in this? Do you know that, Mike? Is she now? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone who's in this movie is great. Ah, Everybody. Oh, Giancarlo okay. Esposito is in it as yeah, well. Yeah. Like everyone who's in it, you know exactly who they are. They have their own moments to shine. Their characters are really, like, it's really well acted. I was surprised. So, first of all, I was surprised two or three times by how things happened. 
Like I was literally like, I'd be watching the movie, just glued to it, just going, well, it's, oh no, oh no, this is going to, and then it, something wouldn't happen and something different would. And I'd be like, holy shit. Okay. Well, here we go. How um, empathetic is the guy with the bomb? Like, do you, I'm thinking of John Q with Denzel Washington, where he yeah. went into a hospital and mm-hmm. took it hostage to get a heart transplant for his kid. Like John Q, you couldn't but think, you know, she would do that if those were your options. Mm-hmm. What about this guy? Does he come across like a, a lunatic or? So, so John Q is an interesting uh, movie to compare it with. Um, I think if you were to add a little bit of uh, directorial, I mean, I, I, I would call it somewhere the level of genius, like all the stuff with the TV stuff. It'd be, it'd be very similar to that. So he's an average Joe and he's clearly not the sharpest uh, spoon in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. He's he's like <laughs> he's a guy that you feel for and you're just going, nah, like poor young lad, but this is gonna go horribly wrong. But here's yeah. the thing. In America, they have to pitch it a really specific way. Like they they have to be like, okay, we want the audience to care about him enough, but also he's a guy bringing a bomb into a public place and holding the place hostage. So they make a lot of really clever decisions about how they deal with it. Um, they immediately try and figure out who he is and then they feed that information into the production people. Mm-hmm. And so George Clooney's character like knows who he is after a while and he's trying to like keep the guy calm and keep him, keep him moving. It's really well done. I would say like I felt for this guy so much and there was a couple of things that like if you laid out the movie in front of me and someone described it, I'd be like, you know, what? I bet they should do this and this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a little similar to that. But one of the best scenes in the entire thing is when they try and do the traditional hostage negotiator, you know, maybe we could get someone he knows to come talk to him. They have one of the best uses and twists on that that I've ever seen. And everybody just feels for the guy. Oh, and they have everybody across the city watching this thing. And they they keep in mind the fact that everyone nowadays is fucking ridiculous. People are dumb. They take selfies do you remember that story about that guy who got the selfie with the airplane hijacker? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We live in a world where that happens. So they keep that in mind. Um, and, and it doesn't ever get so saccharine that you go, oh, everyone's going to be okay. Like the world is a better place now. Everything. It yeah. doesn't do that. It won't let you do that. By the way, this movie was directed by Jodie Foster. Oh. Yeah. Is it her debut, Sean? Has she done other stuff? I think she's done other stuff, but we, we didn't even know. Like, there wasn't any big directed by Jodie Foster thing until the ver- like the movie was fucking over. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to see because it was like, maybe that's why it feels that way. Like, it, like the way Taxi Driver, everything that was in it was there for, like, such a good reason, yada, yada. Oh, it was great. Sounds like, like you really liked it. Does it pass the F test if she was the director then? Well, it passes the F test because there's, uh, of the like six characters, there's two of the most important who are incredibly competent, capable, and interesting women. Hmm. Um, there, so there's like, uh, there's, a, there's a money person uh, and Julia Roberts. Like, I don't want to describe uh, their, their jobs too much, but they, like, they come into conflict. They have to work together. Like, it's really interesting. There's a whole investigation going on because this dude wants answers to why a certain stock tanked, mm-hmm. which sounds like the kind of thing where you would just get like, well, it just happens. Like these things just happen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that is bullshit. <laughs> these things don't just happen. I want to yeah. know. And who, who is the audience in this film? I recommend this film to anybody. No, I mean like, 
are we supposed to be, that's why I asked about whether he was empathetic. Are we meant to be so behind this bomber guy that we're thinking that could be me? Or are we George Clooney, if you know what I mean? So, so yeah, um, I think you definitely start off, um, with, uh, Clooney and like the camera crew and like the normal people who are there. Like there's, there's more than just him, but like, so here, here's, here's one moment, right? And this doesn't spoil anything. When the dude shows up, Clooney thinks that they've finally gone out and gotten him his bird. He wanted a parrot for like a bit okay. that he wanted to do. Yeah. He completely like flipped the script of the show. He's like, uh, give me a parrot. And they're like, we can't get you a parrot. We have a pigeon. And he's like, no, give me a parrot. So a dude shows up with some boxes and everyone's like noticing him in the background. And they're just like, fuck, Clooney went AWOL. He went off script. <laughs> he got this guy. Fuck, great. Put a camera on him. And when he shows up, the, the first thing that happens when he takes out his gun, Clooney thinks he's having a heart attack. The bluster <laughs> just goes. Like he basically invited the guy onto the set. He's like, come on, here we go. What do you got for me? He's ready to be this like amazing improv dude. And he thinks, and then the second the gun comes out, he thinks he's having a heart attack. And, uh, and O'Connell comes over and goes, you're not having a heart attack. You're not having, you're having a panic attack. I get him all the time. <laughs> he's trying to keep Clooney calm. Because he can't deal with it. So they, they manage it very well. Like for, it's a long, long time before you start to think, I like, not only do I empathize with this guy, but like, I kind of get it. Because here's the thing. Clooney's rich. Clooney's a rich fuck. He's got more money than he knows what to do with. Right? Hasn't eaten dinner alone since the 90s. Like that's one of his things, you know? Uh, and then O'Connell is poor. He had like one shot where he made a little bit of extra money and he thought, I'm going to be smart with it. So you can feel for him, but also he's not doing the right thing here. Like it doesn't make yeah. sense. Okay. So, so I think we root for everybody in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I generally do. I'm rooting for anytime they switch scenes. I don't have that thing where I go, go back to the main story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with everybody. It's like in Game of Thrones when they move away from Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't have that. They just keep moving to different yeah. types of Tyrians. Not the Iron Islands, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so give, give us a mark. Um, I would happily give this a nine out of ten. Oh wow! Mm. Oh wow! You wow. didn't see that, huh? I really hope that people who have heard this review don't now go see it and be like, "That wasn't the best movie I've seen all year." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's shit. Um, well, I'm just wondering how how our intrinsic interest in TV production might have fed into how much you enjoyed that because you talked a lot about the how they worked that in, and I'm interested in that stuff too. So I'm going to try and pick this up over the weekend if I can. I, I would go see it. I would. Yeah. And, and I'm going to try. If you can. Well, Clooney's Why, really turn, turning them out this year, isn't he? What's he had this year? Uh, he's had uh, Hail Caesar as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. He was so good in that. Mm. He was so good in that, you know. That's mm. that's one I still have to see, yeah. Um, Not a great film, but he was, he, he was really good in it. Mark, tell us about Warcraft. Warcraft. He right. says with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> so Warcraft is about is a, a film of the game, right? Mm-hmm. In case anyone's not aware, um, it's basically it's called Warcraft: Call on the Beginning in some markets, of which Ireland is one, um, and it shows how the conflict between the humans and the orcs in the realm of Azeroth basically began. That's it. How did the orcs look? Really good. Oh, yeah? The CGI was flawless in this. Uh-huh. Oh, really? 
Yeah. So I have a lot of struggles with this because I have to try and restrain my enthusiasm for it. <laughs> but I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Um, there's a story told about Stan Lee when he first saw Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. um, doing a Spider-Man thing. And he goes, that's Peter Parker. <laughs> as in that's exactly how he'd always imagined it like when I think about Dungeons and Dragons and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and I saw Warcraft I went this is what wizards and warriors and orcs should look like this is it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so uh, let me see where's, where's the right place to start so there was a lot of CGI performances in this mm-hmm. um, the really smart thing that I think I guess kept me invested in this film and, and got me to like it so much is that it took itself very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, they took the orcs who are these giant muscle boned, green skinned warriors, gave them all personalities mm-hmm. and let that play out a bit on the other side and the humans, they had some complex relationships over there mm-hmm. and it reminded me very much of the second planet of the apes reboot, the dawn of the apes is it or, Something like that, yeah. Dawn one anyway, the yeah. one where the war starts, basically. <clears throat> it's it was it's very like that because you in, in that you see how Caesar and the apes have their point of view, there's nothing wrong with it. The humans have their point of view, there's nothing wrong with it, but conflict arises because they're different. And it's it's very like that in this. And there was multiple points in the film where you could go, now these guys could actually get along. Mm-hmm. Um so a couple of things that I have to kind of mention is if you ever played World of Warcraft, right, mm-hmm. then, and if you got past level 10 and got, you know, a mount or whatever, um, you have probably fast traveled to Stormwind. And the view that you get when you come in was in the movie. Okay. <laughs> and uh, when you start out in World of Warcraft, you fight Morlocks. They're these amphibious creatures that look a bit like uh, bipedal frogs. Okay. Um, and when you're like very weak, they're a problem. Mm-hmm. But once you get up past level five, you don't even notice them and they don't go near you because they're afraid of you. Right. And at one stage, the, the, all the warriors um, go across a bridge and they see a murloc going, nar, 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 just like the way they do in the game, but not go near them. And I said, well, of course, they're riding horses. They're level 10 or higher. <laughs> um, and there was, there was a, lot of ca- a lot of homage to the game in it that I really enjoyed. Like if anyone played Warcraft 3, which was the precursor to the, the massive multiplayer online game. Um, that was a real-time strategy game, um, much like Dawn of War and, and Command and Conquer, that kind of game. Yeah. The Orc Towers were exactly like that, as they are in that game. And like the Orcs were quite a popular race to play, so mm-hmm. it just you, you would recognize them straight away. But that's all the homage to the game. That, that's, and that's, you, you didn't need any of that to enjoy the story. I was going to say, how accessible is this to non-Warcraft geeks? Yeah. Oh, very, very accessible. Yeah, it, it is very accessible. But like we're in a world that has seen like the Lord of the Rings and all of that stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. So Duncan Jones is the director. He was part of the writing team. Mm-hmm. Duncan Jones, incidentally, is David Bowie's kid. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Um, and somewhere in his name is Zoe. He was known as yeah. Zoe Bowie. Zoe Bowie, yeah. That's his yeah. name, yeah, his yeah. given name. Yeah, he's Duncan something Zoe Jones. Um. So apparently, oh, so this film is 10 years coming out. They've mm-hmm. been talking about this film for 10 years. It had multiple directors. They eventually went with Jones because he seemed to have a vision that they wanted. And that was, it's, it's from him essentially that the idea of having the orcs as a complex race 
with, you know, with personalities and relationships and their own motivations came from. He was involved in the rewrite that stopped them being stereotypical, like Uruks, like they were in Lord of the Rings, where they live to kill and that's it. You can't reason with them. And they made this much more complex story. Um, It's really well handled. There's some really excellent performances in it. Your one from Misfits that we talked about last week, something, uh, oh God, what's her name? From Misfits and from Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. Preacher. From Preacher as well, yeah. Dominic Cooper also from Preachers in this, playing Lelaine. Uh, Ruth, Ruth Negga. Oh, Ruth Negga. All right. She had a, a small part in this. She had an awful All lot right. much to do. Um, so the casting was pretty good. Um, the lead, well, see, there, there was that was the one place that I would fault this film probably, is that much like the Avengers movies, there was an awful lot of characters. But I thought they did a really good do- job. Ben Foster was brilliant as Medivh. He plays the Guardian, like the Grand High Wizard or whatever. Um, And he was really, really good at portraying a supremely powerful, a slightly flawed character. He was brilliant. Um, Let me see who else is worth calling out. Oh, Clancy Brown. Everyone knows Clancy Brown at this stage. He played Blackhand, who's this big fucking lumbering orc. And Clancy was perfect for it, like, because he is really big and broad himself, you know. Uh, but Travis Fimmel was, he played Anduin, Anduin Lothar, um, who you would have got as a champion in Warcraft 3 mm-hmm. um, if he played the humans. And he was really good. He is, I guess the axis around which the struggle between the orcs and humans turns uh, a lot of a lot of what happens is based on what he thinks um, and his views on the enemy um really satisfying climax um i think the the story build up the relationships build up and the character development all led to a really satisfying climax that i'm afraid lads sets the stage for as many movies as they want to do that was that was going to be my question yeah yeah, yeah. that's why they had a subtitle at the beginning as well yeah because exactly. i want to let you know yeah. there's going to be more coming <clears throat> um just as a general question how do the humans deal with the orcs gun with such primitive weapons like in in warhammer 40,000 they have plasma rifles and chains. Yeah, but we're not in 40,000 universe though. Yeah, so if you just have a sword and you've got a, an eight or nine foot hulking orc, <laughs> how are you going to stop slow same, them down? Same as the dwarves in Lord of the Rings. Well, they, they did that yeah. really well. <laughs> they did that really well because the first encounter between humans and orcs, the first couple of encounters, like mm-hmm. all of the guys that are thinking possibly like you, Mike, just get squashed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they just get destroyed. There's orcs crushing steel helmets with their bare hands and yeah. brains flying everywhere and this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what I'd expect to happen in another counter yeah, like and that. And it does. It happens a lot. But then you have people like Lothar mm-hmm. who can see straight away that they're really strong, but they're pretty fucking slow and not that nimble. Mm-hmm. And he starts moving faster okay. and moving around them. And he's hamstringing orcs and, and spearing them from behind and just does fine with them, okay. you know. Um, the battle play was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the fighting in that. Um, and I loved the way they did the magic. Oh my God, I loved it. Because <laughs> um, it's it's Dungeons and Dragons spellcraft. The wizard, <coughs> you know, does some incantation, makes a few gestures and magic appears around him and it's so cool. <laughs> and uh, that was my favorite thing. I loved when any time a wizard cast a spell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Do they have little icons with hit points and stuff like that? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'd be a YouTube yeah. rip that does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't, like, anyone <coughs> play World of Warcraft knows that you can't really stand in your own. You have to create a party if you want to actually get the real XP bonuses and level up quicker. <laughs> so uh, they did make mention of that where they started kind of, you know, we should go in together and this kind of stuff. But no, it was it's really good. Really enjoyable film. Um, I really like the character interaction. I think that's the thing I was most surprised with. The way they humanized the orcs, um, which is a bit of a pun, I suppose, really. But uh, for want of a better term, they they humanized the orcs very well. And one of the best cameos in it is the orc baby that we see in the trailer. Okay. That guy's fucking hilarious. So he is. Uh, so I would thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. It's like... Oh, this could be an eight or a nine, no? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I would, I would nearly have gone right back in to watch it again. I don't say that oh, often. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But what I'm really interested in is to hear how this does because it's going to do gangbusters in China, mm-hmm. like World of Warcraft uh, re- redid a lot of their assets so that they could release in China. Yeah, it's the um, there's a fairly serious connotation around skeletons there. Mm-hmm. So they had to rework all the assets around the undead. Yeah, same in East Asia too. The, the massively into gameplay. Was yeah, it Starcraft, Warcraft, anything, any craft. Yeah, any so craft. That's, that's it's yeah. opening up there shortly. Um, the states, it's opening alongside X Men Apocalypse, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something else that's out at the same time as it. Anyway, it was meant it was meant to come out um, at Christmas with Star Wars Force Awakens but they bumped it into 2016 to avoid that slot ah. but it'd be interesting to see it's a 140 million budget um, they're not taking they haven't taken anything close to that yet mm-hmm. but if you think about it that in 2010 there was 10 million people playing World of Warcraft wow yeah and now in 2015 just last year there's still 4 million people that play mm-hmm. surely it has to make money you would think it has yeah, to yeah 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 but uh, it'll be interesting to watch this space. It'll be interesting to hear how it goes. So for me, it's a seven. It's a really, really good film. Okay, cool. So uh, it's coming out on June 9th, uh, at least as far as, as I'm getting it for showtimes that I could go. In the States, Sean, is it? Yeah, it seems There's to be. something else out with it that weekend. Yeah. You've already seen X-Men, so it's not that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter any, but I know that there's competition. So it might not be a huge opening weekend for the States. It'd be interesting to hear. Can I can I just haul you up there for a sec, Mark? You've been gushing over this for the last ten minutes, and you give it a poxy seven. <laughs> you tight bastard. Yeah, but there, there is there is some <laughs> like I have to put some temperance into my review. Like <laughs> you step back from it a bit, and like oh. it's a really good film, but yeah. you know it's not going to win an Oscar outside of CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, I love the film. Costumes. Makeup, yeah. <laughs> any of like, those stuff. Oh, the costumes are so good. The it, knights look it, exactly like they do in the game. It, could, it like, could do a thing like Mad Max did last year and not win any good Oscars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got all the, the shit Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> but like World of Warcraft was so successful yeah. because they had simple graphics that look good, so any computer in the world could run it. Mm. So everyone got in. Like they upgraded yeah. the graphics after a while when the when the user base had caught on. Yeah, but uh, they did such a good job because mm. the knights' armor always looked oversized in the game. Mm-hmm. they were nearly swimming inside it and they did that they made that look like that looks like good armor mm-hmm. but it still looks like Warcraft armor I just it was brilliant just yeah. really really good cool alright All right. Um, first of our TV down uh, Sean Lady Dynamite do you want to synopsize 
this yeah, fabulous okay. piece of um, <laughs> TV. So, so it's a new Netflix show from Maria Bamford. Uh, Maria Bamford is a comedian who had wow. a mental break a few years ago. This is a show, uh, about, so that's in real life. This is a show that seems to be about her dealing with that. It is surreal. It is non-linear. Uh, it is very much metatextual and a meta-commentary, both on her own life and on comedy and the lives of comedians, uh, specifically ones who try and do TV shows. Um, and yeah, it's pretty, pretty zany. Hmm. She's bipolar, isn't she? I'm not sure the exact yeah. uh, condition. <laughs> I, I think so. After watching this, actually, I'm pretty convinced. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What did we think? This show is quite special. Um, <clears throat> we're, what, nearly into June now? It's unique. Mm. Nearly into June, yeah. and this is the first thing on the list this year that I couldn't finish. <sighs> it was so fucking bad. Yeah. I had to turn it off halfway through. <laughs> it, it was actually hurting my brain. It was so bad. Mm. Um, it just wasn't funny at all. And it was just full of these, I don't even know what you'd call them, kind of over-the-top uh, caricatures of kind of Holly Hollywoody type people, yeah. like agents and and struggling actors and managers blah, blah, blah. and so on. And yeah, it was just a world I couldn't identify with, and you know I had no appreciation of the struggles of stand up comics trying to get into <laughs> into TV slots. You know, mm. so it just I couldn't relate to it. I couldn't find it funny. It was just annoying, really annoying. It wasn't funny, was it? No. Uh, so a couple of times it maybe cracked a smile, but yeah, yeah, yeah. a charity smile. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't for me either. Sean, what did you think? Uh, this is so. Um, I was watching it with someone who really likes Maria Bamford, so I was going to give it the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so for about seven or ten minutes, I was just going like, "Fuck." off <laughs> I, I i mean congratulations you're trying to do something different it's not working who is like, she she's a comedian she's just a comedian mm -hmm. uh, she's had that, a number of stand-up specials okay um uh, those are on netflix as well i believe but is she popular enough to deserve a show like well i mean i don't know about what the word deserve would really mean but they gave her one, <laughs> so well like i mean like in the states say like, if you ask people to list five female comedians, would people generally come up with her name? No. So she's not in the, she, she wouldn't yeah, be in the Sil maybe, Sarah Silverman League then. Maybe on this. People would probably, uh, probably go with just Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman. Um, and then it just depends if they have a Netflix subscription. And then the cast of Friends. <laughs> well no but like uh like her special i mean again it's a netflix thing they know how many people have watched the specials mm -hmm. you know so they know how many people would be interested in a show from this person yeah okay so, so i suppose we have to conclude from her getting a show that some people must like her yeah now i'll say that i started to enjoy it more after a while so oh she was in arrested development yeah, she, yeah, well, Mitchell Hurwitz, one of the creators of that, is one of the people who was like working on this, either as a developer, a director slash writer. Oh. Um, I'm not sure how closely involved. I couldn't say whether or not he was the showrunner. But anyway, um, so Patton Oswalt, when he shows up, and it's the first time that he, he breaks character, 
And he starts going, what are you doing? Yeah. You can't, what are you, this isn't how it works. So I was talking about how he had two pilots that failed mm-hmm. and they both had stand-up comedy in the show about a stand-up comedian and how you can't do that. And then there's just these randos showing up who like probably have barely scratched together like HBO comedy specials. Mm-hmm. And they're only there because they are also comedians. And they're mm-hmm. like at one point, uh, at one point, Pat Oswalt, when she gets up to do some stand up, he sees the red brick wall and Pat Oswalt's just like, oh, Louis going to shit. Yeah. <laughs> like there's stuff like that that I do appreciate. The, the jokes about TV I like. The performances were good in that they were all doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Like the really... The really lazy character. Yeah. Good yeah. about being really lazy. Like, yeah. I mean, Rhea Bamford. Yeah. I, that's what she wanted to do. Her her manager, I thought, was very funny. I like that him as an actor. Yeah. He didn't have great jokes, but he was he was performing well enough that sometimes I'd laugh. Like, there was some weird pratfall humor as well, which I wasn't sure about. I'm glad I watched an episode. Pratfall, Sean? Pratfalls. Uh, slapstick. Practical okay. and physical comedy. Okay, thank you. Um, like really broad humor at certain parts, as well as really specific, acute humor in other parts. Um, I don't know. I think that once I finished watching one episode, I was glad that I'd watch a full one because it is trying to do something interesting Mm -hmm. uh, and that may even be commendable. I don't like the way it's being done, but I, I like the idea that it's, you know, this ridiculous bonkers feel good about someone who clearly doesn't have the capacity to do anything well. Oh, God, I thought it was pretty miserable. No, I, I just felt sorry for her. I didn't think it was feel good at all. I, and that's kind of was my takeaway. It was like that poor girl, deluded, <laughs> you know. You know, it, it, I, I just didn't I, think it was good in any shape or form. Now, act, actors were really good, like you're saying. Their performance is brilliant, um, but... For the, the the plot, for want of a better word, it was just, this is yeah, this is the problem. They removed the fourth wall so completely and so early yeah. that I was struggling at times to do how much. Well, how much of this is her TV show's art imitating her actual life in the TV show, and how much of it is just meant to be sort of real? Like when she she meets with a couple of different agents at various times during the show, mm-hmm. and they were about all ridiculous people. Like they're just completely not human. Mm-hmm. Nobody behaves the way these people do. And when that when they came on screen, I was just jarred each time going, come on, this is so ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it it, it kind of reminds me of those, you know, it's like herself, uh, like she wrote it and then showed it to a few friends and they thought it was brilliant mm-hmm. because they, they sort of hang out and they have that same yeah. sort of sense of humor. But people outside that group, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just <laughs> weren't ever going to get it, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely doing it that like Brechtian thing where it's removing all of the things that make you feel comfortable about TV shows. Like it's completely going, you're not going to get a linear narrative. You're also not necessarily going to get a narrative. Yeah. Like any and any time you start to feel like, oh, okay, so this is what the show is, it changes. Like there is even there's even like I'm sorry, I know I'm the dumb guy on the podcast, but did you say Brechtian? Yeah. So What's Bertolt, that? Bertolt Brecht uh, was it's when you're uh, from Brechtia. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Berechtian is when you're from Berechtia. <laughs> uh, Bertolt Brecht was uh, a theater maker and theater philosopher who's actually uh, eminent. He's got some great quotes. Uh, I went on Wiki Quotes once and just read it for a while. It's great. Anyway, um, he had this theory that theater that makes people feel comfortable and safe and good is pointless. 
Uh, like he, he uh, if he was around nowadays, he'd be talking about how sitcoms and the Big Bang Theory are the death of like both the nation and everything else. He was making theater uh, during like the rise of uh, fascism in Europe, like uh, during the really like fucking difficult times. So what he thought theater should do, and in a larger sense, entertainment, mm-hmm. is it should make people question. It should make people feel uncomfortable, and it should make people work to try and think. So he had these ideas like. He wanted uh, actors to have their scripts on stage and he would have actors all just be on stage at the same time. They wouldn't like exit and have costumes that would make everything feel like it was a certain thing. He would just want people to, he would rather people get angry, yell and throw stuff than, you know, sit quietly, smile, politely applaud and then leave, you know? Um, So that idea of like jarring and making people feel uncomfortable i think it's supposed to not entertain but to stimulate um and i think i think her thing she might be trying to use those methods to make people think about things like anxiety bipolar disorder um, and the crushing weight of the world like imagine if trying to have a regular life was like all of those ridiculous characters of humans not understanding what people really think or mean or feel what if life was actually like i literally just would love it if some people talked to me and if i can figure out a way to do that without breaking down i've had a good day like it seems to be that that is the only aim right of this character that she wants to be a part of literally any group even if people don't like her and she can't say things that anyone would have a problem with she can't be genuine and honest because she just needs people to like her this is how she has this is how she is and was. This is how she's trying not to be. So in a way, if you think about her as a character who a big step for her is doing something that people might not like, then maybe this show and the way it's made make more sense. So doesn't it, make it funny, though. No, it, <laughs> no, it doesn't. You're making it sound like personal therapy for her. Um, no, I, I mean, like, maybe she was like, I could just make a sitcom and it would be fine and people would like it well enough and I might get to do that for the rest of my life. And they might talk but to she me. Was like, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, maybe I won't do the easy thing. Like, maybe I'll actually try and make something that I find interesting and, and, and worthwhile, even though people might not and probably won't like it. There's Netflix a gave There's her a show and then she did what she wanted to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I think your I'll, review of the show is better than the show, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's true. It's uh. Yeah, the, it's very obvious that there's no input from anyone else. Um, yeah. really, you know, she was given free reign. Mm-hmm. You know, because the granted, there's none of the normal cliches. Mm-hmm. There's none mm-hmm. of the. You know, there was no like well, really. There are some, but they take the piss out of them. Yeah, that's what, exactly what I was going <laughs> to yeah, say. There was none of the normal kind of stupid, mm-hmm. stupid jokes. But uh, yeah. she, but, but like there were times when. There was something that you knew was meant to be humorous that you just sort of went, no. Yeah. yeah. A few times, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially the monologues. Mm. It's just like, ah, oh, Jesus, there's no point to this. Will you stop? You know? Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to give this a, a, a big, big filler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't go near this. It's terrible. Yeah. <coughs> Broke my spade getting the filler for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's terrible stuff. Nobody should watch it. Mm. Yeah. I would say it's filler. Um, feel free to give it like a five minute test to see if it's your thing. I mean, if there are people who like this, I bet they like it a lot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like all our friends. <laughs> I, think all, yeah, I was just going to say, you beat me too, Mike. All those people are in it. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, next up, uh, next for our movies is the call up. Mike? Yeah, this is um, basically a video game come true. A bunch of uh, hardcore gamers get a mysterious, uh, well, I suppose a hyper modern text message thingy. Um, it comes through on a little uh, Judge Dredd plate or something beside their beds. And was oh, this the thing we previewed last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So there's, there's, I don't know, eight or nine of them get this mysterious message. says, come to this address. Um, Play the game, winner gets 100 grand. Virtual reality. Yeah, so all of them show up, and as in the trailer, they get these special suits that goes all super virtual reality. Um, and it's very simple. They start at the top of the building, they got to fight their way down to the bottom, and last man standing wins the money. Uh, and the catch, as in the trailer, is that um, you can get hurt in this virtual reality. And it goes from there. Yeah. So what do we think, Sean? Uh, so there was a couple of things that I had in mind. I was like, right, <clears throat> if it's too dumb, I better enjoy it. <laughs> Bring it I, was the door. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to be rating this out of two or rating this out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> um, it started off, and I and I was kind of like, okay, they're, they're, they don't seem to be uh, spending too much expository time before the action. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that it's going like from get go. Yeah. Um, character work is being done at various intervals rather than just all up front. Cool. I'm ready. All right. Good. Music was really good. Really liked the music. It was Especially quite uh, Tron-y, Daft Punky, wasn't it? it yeah, it yeah. felt like Tron, mm-hmm. but that was cool. I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, the suits looked very cool, and and the the I like the the thing we said about how when they lift up their visors, the virtual world keeps going. Yeah, yeah. So they have to, like they have to constantly be doing this, like uh, lifting and closing their visors it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a fan of that. And then the next thing was who's going to die and when? Mm-hmm. Who's going to get to the end? If anybody, yeah. take your picks now. Uh-huh. So it's it was enjoyable. Uh, it's one of those movies and we need to come up with a new principle for whatever this is called because I'll, I'll watch a film or a TV show mm-hmm. and then the more enjoyable thing is to have the conversation mm-hmm. about what would you do yeah <laughs> like that's happened for a couple of different films like all the Saw movies like all those mm-hmm. like zombie movies etc it's just as interesting to go ah oh, don't go in there I wouldn't do that yeah. here's what I do Hunger Games so yeah. Really, but yeah it was enjoyable for that uh, level as well and like trying to guess and see who's going to be right about like uh, who got to the end and how it was going to end because mm-hmm. it was kind of like why is this fucking happening mm-hmm. is there going to be any explanation or is it going to be one of those ones that ends with no explanation like what is it mm-hmm. and I was satisfied in all, in all those levels. Like, I was satisfied in an enjoyable way for all the stuff that they set up. They delivered upon it. And it wasn't too long. Thought it was going to be too long. Hmm. I timed it quite well. Uh, it was like an hour and 20 or something. Yeah. Well done by the, the, the non-famous people who were involved. <laughs> My problem with it was dialogue. Mm-hmm. And a was, was act- there. acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I can see where you'd nearly be marking out a two in places for this. Well, I don't know. A lot of people, I thought they acted dying quite well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it no. really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there was a few places you just thought, yeah, that's not quite what I was hoping for, you know. Um, but, you know, like you say, overall, it's brain at the door. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a popcorn movie. Mm. It's yeah. a popcorn movie. That's it's what an it enjoyable one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a f- 
few problems with this. Uh, first off was... It's a caper. Yeah, well, apart, <laughs> apart from the caper thing. Uh, Not quite a caper. My first problem was I kind of called the survivor... People. People. <laughs> an ending kind of very early. Did you? Really? Yeah, yeah. Really? Because um, my top three picked. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's got to be, it's obviously got to be these. And I was like, yeah. oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe that was just bad luck on my part because you, you, like everybody's going to do it. Who's going to survive? And you, you make your picks. I just happened to do quite well in that game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it, it did kind of ruin the end of it for me a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I suppose I should have got more satisfaction out of it, shouldn't I? <laughs> it's like, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go team Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, other problem was the female characters were, um, they were two alike. Like they had similar coloring hair, similar height, similar body profiles. And especially when they're wearing similar uniforms, it was very hard to tell who was who? One like of them a, was half Asian. I was going to say, like a She's bit wearing of diversity. a fucking helmet. You know? that a- <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that actually partly spoiled my enjoyment of the movie because every time one of them came on the screen, it's like, hang on, which one is that again? <laughs> yeah. Um, third problem was uh, what what you were talking about. I, I suppose you'd call it the survivalist principle, right? Um, I didn't notice anybody like. You know, it's based on a video game, a shooter video game, and ammunition and access to weapons is always a problem in these games, yeah. and as it is in this movie. At no point did anybody try and pick up any of the bad guys' weapons. Oh, Mike. I figured that was because they were holograms. That's right? what I was going to say, because that's one of the first things I thought of, too. And then yeah. I remembered, oh, yeah, they're holograms. They're not real. But they didn't even try it out. Did they not yeah. put their they hand They stepped through? in one of the guys yeah. at one point. Yeah. yeah, they inspected his head. They didn't check the weapon. Well, if he's holding it and he's a hologram, <laughs> I, I would still say being too harsh. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. see, what you probably don't realize as well is that if you have a weapon in your hands and the guy that's died under you had the same weapon, mm. then if you just walk over him, you'll pick up his ammunition. You don't actually depend. <laughs> you'll hear like a reload noise. And that means you've got more ammo. <laughs> same things happens if you walk over where your weapon was dropped when you died and respawned. <laughs> Good point. Good yeah, point. But, uh, on the positive side, I thought they, they paced it really well. It had the potential to be a really boring movie, but they never let that happen. Yeah. Yeah, um, yep. they did actually. You yeah. know, they they flick back and forth between you know reality and yeah. and game world. Yeah, you know, just at the right times, just when you're starting to get bored of the yeah. scene, it it changes, and yeah. they do something interesting with the new scene. Yeah, um, there was always something new, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, like a, a common problem with these movies that have you know a cast of thousands is that uh, it's hard to pick out your favorites or whatever. Yeah. Um, but what they do quite often, even, even within a scene, is break down the big group into smaller groups. So you might have three guys hide behind one crate for a cover and two guys hide behind this shelf. Yeah. And th- through the scene, they're focusing on the two different groups. Yeah. So, so you're not, you don't have a haze of characters to think about. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's happening to these guys? Oh, <gasps> look at these guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, I thought that was really skillfully done, actually. Huh. Um, so yeah. Yeah. The the moral quandaries were interesting. 
They did a good job uh-huh. of setting those up. So like they have these med packs where if you get yeah. shot and you start to die, yeah. you have an opportunity to get a med pack. Either you can administer to yourself if you have one mm-hmm. or maybe someone else will use one on you. Yeah. yeah. And I really liked the way that they, they were, they like set up. Well, what are you going to do if there's two people who are shot? Yeah. <laughs> What's it going to come down to? And also yeah. the thing of, well, when the shit gets real, who's going to break? Mm-hmm. Like when the shit gets real, who's just going to be like, nah, you know what? You go first. I'll hang back. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. hold on to my gun and I'll hold on to my bullets and I'll hold on to my med pack. Yeah. I liked how they did that. It was mm-hmm. well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of enjoyed this in a sort of dirty little secret kind of way yeah, you know you got that grin I, in your face I know I kind of you know I, yeah, I didn't think I would but then I sort of it shouldn't be a good no, movie no and it's not like we haven't seen a bazillion movies with the same mm-hmm. pretty much the same yeah. setup where you have to get uh-huh. floor to floor yeah. um, and you know who will be yeah. left by yeah. the time they get yeah. to the, the goal. Yeah. Um, one, uh, another thing, um, little so it's, it's a bit like driving a Ford Mondeo. You don't expect it to be exciting, but actually, yeah, they're not bad. Not yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Good old steer. Yeah. Um, the the ending, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the very ending. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was just a bit of a cop out. Okay. Yeah, I, I was hoping for a bit more, but um, uh, you, you know what I mean. The very, very yeah. ending. I was, I was hoping there would be a little. There's, it. it was a perfect place to end it, I guess, yeah. for them. Yeah. But wanna, I, I, I wanted a little bit twist. more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't ask for much, Steve. No, I thought it was going to be a really disappointing ending. So mm-hmm. I was happy with what I got. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it'd be a really silly, dumb thing. Mm-hmm. I was really worried it was going to, like, all be, all be a game. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, shitty. Also, mm-hmm. like, there was, there was, like, a theory that, that we had at one point when we were watching it where we were like, well, what if this is what's going on? And we were, like, keeping an eye out. And it was kind mm-hmm. of related to mm-hmm. something that became a deal later. But yeah. we had a way cooler version of it happening. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, like, yeah. There was a couple of things we were like, what if this was what was going on? Yeah. Well, what if it was this? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, I guess. I guess it could have been better. I, I would, So I think it's better than Gamer. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a movie a few years ago with Jared Butler and Michael C. Hall called Gamer, mm-hmm. where it's real people being piloted by gamers who mm-hmm. are like safe in their homes. Oh, God. That's <laughs> the last time I watched one that was that close to this. And I think this is better, even though it has no famous people in it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And less money, way less money. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, this was a pretty fucking cheap movie to make, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clever usage, though. It was clever. Mm-hmm. They were like, "How do we make it still be cheap when we do virtual reality? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. make it look normal." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so virtual, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. Flick the camera between yeah shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, market. I'll give this uh, a fairly decent six. Okay, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'll give it a six. Go yeah. with it. Go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, I, I think it deserves a six. Yeah, it was, it was a good effort, indeed. A, a popcorn movie, as we say, brain at the door. I wouldn't go any lower. I'd never mm-hmm. go any lower with that movie. It was definitely enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next to our TV was Outcast. Who saw this? Oh, yeah, I saw this. Tell Sean, us do you want to go? 
Sure. Uh, Outcast, uh, based on the comic by Robert Kirkman, who also created uh, was one of the creators of The Walking Dead. Outcast is basically uh, about a person who has had experiences with the supernatural uh, uh, in terms of uh, people who have been possessed, going back to where he's from and perhaps having to encounter um, the, the darkness once again with the help of a, of a local priest who's also seen this terribleness. Yeah. Totally what we think. That's the quandary, really, whenever you're dealing with possession. Mm-hmm. Is you're going to have to ask for help from a priest because who knows what they'll ask for in return. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, Mark? I was really slow to the party on this one. I, I was watching this and for ages... I thought it was a story of a young boy who'd had an abusive childhood (laughs) and just hadn't gotten over it well. And it took me the longest time to go, oh, hold on a minute. (laughs) There's supernatural stuff happening here that I was completely unaware of. And I liked the way that it crept up in me like that. Um, I didn't I didn't look up anything about it, obviously, um, before I started watching. The tagline is possession is just the beginning. Mm hmm. And I'm presuming they're not talking about the ill-fated sequels to all the various possession movies that have done well. Um, But it kind of shows how a boy being possessed when he was younger, being exercised, um, isn't much the better for it all when he's an adult. And they bring in other possessions and that are happening hither and thither (laughs) as they seem to be quite common where they live. Yeah. Not some ride move to. Well, it doesn't seem to be common in terms of uh, a geographical focus. It seems to be very much a, a perhaps personal focus. So I don't believe he was actually ever possessed. I think it's just people around him keep getting possessed. Well, I think he was because you know the thing with his finger and stuff. That was a no, different child. That's Joshua. Oh, was that not him? No, no, no. no I just looked kind of like him. They're investigating in the present. I really was watching the wrong TV show. <laughs> I thought that was a flashback and it was him. No, no. There are flashbacks to Other a boy that looks possessed. quite like him. Yeah, he looks similar to the boy that was possessed in the present. His childhood self yeah. and this boy that he's looking at are similar in appearance. Oh, so I was right then. It was just a story about his abusive childhood. Well, no. his, and there's a parallel thread about the supernatural. No, I, oh, his mom was definitely possessed. Yeah. yeah. Remember the scratching? Yeah, but I thought that was just her kind of like getting ready to pass on the possession to him. And then he did it and he did the thing with his finger. Nice. No, I just wasn't you need paying to, attention. You need to practice your possession. Uh, <laughs> this recognition is, skills. Yeah. So, but the first thing to think about, I think, is how they handle their CGI or the ways in which they do the possession, right? Mm-hmm. The actual horror of it all, mm-hmm. which I thought was really well done. Mm-hmm. The opening scene with that kid, I was like, fuck fuck, fuck, don't, fucking hell, come on. And whenever it went to stuff like that, I was like, yeah, I'm on edge. This is scary. I don't know how to deal with this. And then I was like, well, ooh, what are the rules? rules? (laughs) How is this going to be a show? How are we going to make this like a a semi-procedural thing? Do I care about this character yet? Oh, there's more ghosts. Yay. (laughs) Like, um, and I think think they handled it well. I think that the tone was really creepy and it was well done and i like that people seem to have been turning a blind eye to this 
this person mm-hmm. like there's some people who want to save him in the town they're yeah. like oh like like his family his mm-hmm. sister yeah. and also his uh, like just randos who are like oh why don't you ever come to church mm-hmm. like come on we can you know it's terrible what happened blah 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 and then there's the people who are more normal and they feel guilty about what happened to him yeah. it's really interesting the small town feeling that they create. He was such a nice guy. It really wasn't his fault, <laughs> though he took the brunt of it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I thought that little kid was brilliant. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, what a great job. Yeah. How, how the hell did his parents yeah. let him get that job? That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, is this CGI? This has Especially to be Especially after what happened with the girl who was in the possession. Yeah. Not the exorcist. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's because uh, like it was, it was pretty fucking creepy. Like it, yeah. it was very, yeah. very. I wonder behind the camera was there like a dude in a Barney suit, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> throwing throwing tomato ketchup around the place, so yeah. it seemed normal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and after each day shooting, they put a quilt around it. There, there, son. Yeah, you know, and, bubble wrap. Yeah, yeah it was just. Yeah. Yeah. God, um, I really liked the way this was shot as well. Um, Every now and then they do a little sort of a, almost like a cat's eye view of the world mm. from real low down on the yeah, ground. Yeah. And it gave me the impression, uh, I don't know if it was deliberate or not, but it gave me the impression that this guy has a familiar following him around, uh, like a witch's well, cat or whatever. Familiar. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, I don't know if, the, well, it must have been deliberate. I mean, somebody chose that shot. <laughs> they mm. did it for a reason. Yeah. Um, as, as Sean was saying, the, the supporting characters were great. They were almost universally interesting and they got them interesting quickly. You know, yeah. they wouldn't spend ages and ages building up this person. Um, uh, there was quite a lot of backstory, but mm-hmm. they didn't do, they didn't overdo it. You know, they'd have a little short sequence. Oh, okay, that's where that came from. And then they'd move on with the story. So I mm-hmm. like the fact that they didn't waste their time too much going on, but back in the day. Mm. Um, I was a little bit disappointed in the ending because it looks like they're setting this up to be a procedural. And I'm thinking if you're going to have a scary possessed kid every week, that's going to get old very quickly. So mm-hmm. I don't know, unless they do something like what's that? What was that show you guys always used to love? Supernatural. Um, where they had you a different used to love. <laughs> Sorry, still love, but in supernatural, like they'd have a different kind of baddie every week, so there's a different challenge. So I don't know if they're going to set it up like that, or you know, he'll have vampires one week and fucking. Yeah, they should probably do something that you know, like Z Nation uh-huh. spans out the whole season. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Steve. Z Nation yeah, is yeah. the yardstick by yeah. which we judge this, yeah, this for show. Sure. Yeah, for sure, you know. A lot of shows could take, uh, you know, some tips on that. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a good performance, by the way, from the lead. Mm-hmm. I think that it's all going to be built around him, right? Because mm-hmm. it's partially about what the fuck is going on with him yeah. in terms of, like, these creatures or whatever it is. Yeah. It might be that it's the same evil, but it's just mm-hmm. manifesting in different ways, yeah. right? And plus, you've got the priest, you know, like, who knows about his backstory. Mm-hmm. Also, the main guy was in the military. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there are, like, things going on that, like, could just be interesting in a non-evilness way. Yeah. I really liked I liked his ending because he had so little emotion mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. Like, most of the time in this, he seems like he was just trying to get through the fucking day. Yeah. And it seems yeah. like 
now he's finally opening up to the world again Mm -hmm. to the efforts of his sister and Mm -hmm. also just because he has to face it Mm -hmm. he feels like maybe now he has to face it so the line that he gives at the end I was like you know what good for fucking you okay (laughs) now I want you to go kill some fucking evil (laughs) shit let's do this yeah you know, I wonder was his dad Bruce Campbell and he has the Necronomicon somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Was it just yeah. me or did you think this was funnier than Lady Dynamite? <laughs> <laughs> I think you could be right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So. Um, this is right up my street. This is a thriller for me. I give it a thriller as well. Mm. Yeah, I would too. Hmm. Yeah. I, I quite liked it. Jesus, yeah. all I kinds of obviously didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'll watch that first episode again now that you learned, gentlemen, yeah. have uh, shown me the error of my ways. Yeah. So there's two kids. Yeah, was this because you were hiding behind the couch with your eyes covered? <laughs> Maybe it might have been <laughs> too scary. Okay, next up we've got some previews and coming to a bicycle near you. Okay, the first one is... uh, It's our TV special week. It is our TV special week. TV, like we promised last week. Is Uh, it a bicycle does its fall preview (laughs) for all the best TV shows coming to your screens this fall season? (laughs) First up... Well, four anyway. (laughs) All the best TV shows. (laughs) First is Designated Survivor. Yeah. Yeah, I knew you'd say that. Jack Bauer's back, baby. Mm, Tell us about this. Kiefer Sutherland plays the designated survivor who is a member of the US cabinet put into a different place on the off chance this completely rare and completely unexpected off chance that the entirety of the rest of the cabinet was destroyed. They still have this one guy who could run the country despite, you know, his lack of preparedness and the uh, great... Um, surprise we all had when, oh no, the cabinet had been destroyed. <laughs> so the designated survivor is now the president. And I think before this, he was just the janitor in the White House. Oh. Yeah, very, very low level uh, TD type guy. The secretary of something. He might have been like Turf. secretary of state, secretary of agriculture, secretary of commerce. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so a TD being uh, a member of the Irish cabinet. Yeah. Um, and you know what the Irish cabinet wouldn't have is Natasha McElhone in there. Yeah. No, they uh, don't make him like that around here. <laughs> she, they do, actually. She's Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sort of don't elect her. No, we make them like that around here for sure. They yeah. just don't tend to run for political office. Or is, or is she English? can never remember. Which one is uh, Victoria Smurfit? Anyway. <laughs> Victoria Smurfit is? She's from Dublin. Oh, yeah, okay. It looks like Kiefer yeah. Sutherland has to struggle every week mm. with wanting to do what he believes is right and what the powers that be in the US government think that he should do. Oh, he's going to have plenty of opportunity to be, do that panty voice that he does. You know? <laughs> panty voice. Pa- you know, you know, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and then and then he has to look away as he's talking as well. He does that thing as well. It's fucking annoys the piss out of me. <laughs> the problem, the problem for the me only is problem he with twenty four check around the corner thing that he does when he's Jack Bauer. Yeah, where he ducks his head out then back and then does the double the taps around the corner. Yeah, and there's no bullets. He knows he's safe. Um, the terrorist plot seems to be the other thread line 
or through line rather that we're following because we have FBI agents trying to figure out who just killed uh, the member, the president, the vice president, and the members of the president's staff. You know, like who did this terrorist attack? Well, it's obviously Kiefer Sutherland's character's wife. <laughs> Women who yeah. do anything to get their man promoted, like yeah, look at Hillary Clinton. I bet it was Donald so, Sutherland. So this is a TV show, but maybe it should just be a movie. Yeah, did it did play that way in the trailer, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I'm I'd give it a watch though. I'd yeah. give it a watch if it was on the list, like yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Next one uh, we looked at is a TV show called Frequency. All the best TV shows from the fall schedule. <laughs> Next up, Frequency. <laughs> so in 2016, a police detective discovers that she's able to speak via ham a radio. police detective <laughs> discovers that she's able to speak to her father who died 20 years ago. Frank Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> but also she's able to speak to her younger self. Later on the trailer, did you see that? Man, if I could speak to my younger self. I know. Oh, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from that one. She's no good, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be like, there'll be so much stuff I could tell me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, register Facebook.com straight off. <laughs> Do it now. Do it now. The Facebook. It was the Facebook.com. The Facebook. Started. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this looks kind of interesting. Does it really? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit intrigued. I know it could turn out to be, you know, horseshit yeah. after the first episode. But the, like the, they're messing with time. Yeah, but it looks I know. Like, it thing, looks yeah. like sliding doors without Gwyneth Paltrow. That uh, can only help it. <laughs> <laughs> there you and I, sir, we'll have to disagree. <laughs> I wasn't interested in this until it made it clear that the dad character was going to stick around. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, you've got your one episode, and then what? She's just going to use the radio to solve the 2016 crimes. So, inst- uh, so it's a cop and a radio. That's the <laughs> team that you're putting together. <laughs> I was just like, oh, fuck off. Like, and, dad is- <laughs> and police work. What if that was the way she solved crimes? Her dad is so obviously the serial killer. No. He totally is. Because that's really cool. In the first timeline, he dies and mm. the killer kills nobody for 20 years. And then when he's alive, he just keeps on killing. It's the dad. I like that uh, the c- the cigar Bernie thingy let her know that it was real. I like the idea of it being this weird fucking conversation thing. It's like, well, what do I do? What do I tell him? I don't want to upset the timeline. She definitely upsets the timeline. Yeah. Oh, wait. Now her relationship that I don't give a fuck about seems to have not been a thing that ever happened. Yeah. Well, at least that's good. But then I was like, wait, how is this going to keep being interesting? Like, it's going to be a lot of conversations on a ham radio. Like, there's going to be a exactly. lot of sitting in room chatting. And that's when they introduced her talking to herself on a ham exactly. radio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't know, guys. Could be problems. Yeah. You know what this show needs? A review. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like early edition, but a, a procedural. Yeah. Like a, yeah. a procedural cop show, sorry. Mm. Mm. So it's 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 like early edition, but instead of him reading shit, mm. it's conversations. Mm. Ah, we'll give it a go. Once. Yeah. <laughs> Once, yeah. Um, Mark, we need your... Uh, in a world where H.G. Wells is not a writer but an adventurer who has a crisis of confidence, <laughs> time after time shows what would happen if instead of writing the time machine, 
He built it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, H.G. Wells is uh, best mates with Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Apparently so. Mm. It's funny, like, mm. life makes strange bedfellows, mm. non-sexually. Uh, <laughs> and sexually. <laughs> and Jack the Ripper uh, legs it in the time machine. Uh-huh. That was a good call, really. Yeah. yeah. And so but sends it the back cops for were all over reason. him back in the 1890s. Mm. Yeah. But I didn't was, get that part. Was Jack the Ripper not in London? Yeah. So when he travels in the time machine, he also changes location? That's right. To no. New York. No, <laughs> no, no. What happened then? What did I miss? That's what I thought happened. He also was one of them possessed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just all. The only information I have is what was said in this trailer that we all watched. Okay. <laughs> At one point, H.G. Wells was like, "Jack the Ripper traveled to 2016 and to America." Yeah. <laughs> Jesus must have loved the plane. The time machine was moved to America. Thank you, Mark. That's what happened. Yeah. Ah. So when he comes out of it, the time machine's already there. So that means that he, the time machine actually went back as well? It's always where it is, yeah. it seems. It just moves yeah. you. Always where it is. So it's it like is. some kind well, of source just... control of the object, the time machine. So it's copies of it all through time and space. But it disappeared the first time. Briefly. Yeah. It flickered. It's, now gen- that makes it's generating sense. so much so, power in order to break the space-time continuum that it flickers. Time is so out. complicated. God, it's so God. complicated. I, I'm going to have to take notes watching this thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you could just go with it, Steve. No, <laughs> no, I, I have to understand it to enjoy it. <laughs> Jack the Ripper seems to be like, I thought I was bad. 2016, mm. everybody's killing fucking everybody. <laughs> and I was like, that was funny, the, yeah. I like this. Mm-hmm. I like that you realize how great killing is in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I liked H.G. Wells. He looks like he's not built for this kind of a life. Mm. Also, there's a, a different gender cop, so now they can be a team, obviously. Mm. Um, but it just kind of made me go, this could be the exact same character as was in the show I just watched the trailer for. Um, does it remind you of Elementary a little bit? Uh, it doesn't seem anywhere near as... Subtle as elementary can be. No. And the acting doesn't seem as good. But, but the duo. Yeah, I mean, it's that it's that generic, you know, guy who has interesting skill set. Girl, detective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they going to fuck? English. No, God, no. <laughs> they better be traveling through time all the fucking time. They seem I to be. 16. They do seem to be doing a lot of time traveling and figuring out who's going to die and how to save them and all. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting enough. There's only one episode made so far. Why would you waste your time Ooh, with that when there's horse racing ones. on every day? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it happens, right? Yeah. They usually don't do a straight to series order. Yeah. So they can buy episodes up front, though. Sometimes don't they do that too? Oh yeah, yeah. They don't always buy a full yeah, season. That's true. Next up in the is it a bicycle fall schedule preview? This is us. A group of people born on the same day, including Rebecca and Jack, a married couple expecting triplets in Pittsburgh, and Kevin, a handsome television actor growing bored of his fly bachelor lifestyle, have comedic and dramatic adventures every week. But yeah. The voice just didn't fit. Yeah. That looks like such a pile of horse shit, doesn't it? Looks, it looks very yeah. like, like it's not aimed at... No. Now, Sean gave his thoughts on this last week. Yeah, it broke the record for most watched uh, trailer for a TV show. It did not, John. 
Yes, it did. Shut the front door. Yeah, it did. Uh, if you, uh, as people who listen to Is It a Bicycle regularly will know, uh, it received the the highest ever number of views in like a 24 or 48 hour period. It was something like 26 million more views than the second most watched TV show trailer. Which is what? Uh, something to do with superheroes. Legends was, of Tomorrow. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. One of Legends them. of Tomorrow had 4 Edge million. Yeah. This had something like 40 some shit. Yeah, or more even. I thought it was in the 60s. Anyway. By uh, now, it's up fucking... Oh, yeah. It's just totes ridic right now. <laughs> yeah. <It is laughs> Actually, uh, and, you know, that's what the show kind of looks uh, totes ridic as well. I'm going to witch on this, Mike. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know what? I think it's because I was built up for the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's aimed at people who like shows about love and life and yeah, you know what? Of ye or one of this, those. This is going to be another. <laughs> this, is, this is going to be a, a substitute for one of those hospital lobotomy dramas. Yeah, yeah. Grey's lobotomy, wasn't it? Uh, Chicago piles. Yeah, yeah. One of those. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> going to be one Chicago of those. Chicago fire out of this <laughs> mic. They're very handsome <laughs> firemen. It's got a bit of uh, Sex and the City in there. It's got a bit of you know they've kind of yeah. oh these formulas work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's that, that formulaic now. I think no, no, no. I'm saying that these formula of this style of show. I, I don't mean that this show is going to be formulaic, but uh, you know what I mean. But I, I don't even think it is. You know, because it, it's like, like you wouldn't call Grey's Anatomy a comedy, right? This is this is pitched as a comedy drama. Mm. Oh wow, where babies die. It's pitched as a comedy drama. Yeah. I can only really tell you what they tell us. Like. A dramedy. Mm. All I can give you, Mike, is all I got. Yeah, okay, Mark. Mm. <laughs> it seems to be like those movies, Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve. Exactly. All of these yes. multiple different storylines that may intersect for brief periods. Yeah. I don't really see how they're going to intersect because it seems to be examining the human condition of being that age. Aren't they all 36 or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I can understand how that would appeal. I think that they're like doing their best to get that audience, the people who do tend to sit down in front of a television and watch shows as opposed to just like stream them, steal them, um, I don't know, intravenously consume them um, as like a lot of younger people seem to be doing. So, I mean, maybe it'll work. So many people watch the trailer. You've got to imagine that a lot of people are interested in watching at least the first few episodes. Yeah. Or maybe they just have an awful lot of relatives. Because <laughs> the cast is so big. Like, everyone's got a big family. And then they tell you friends. And they tell you friends. And they tell you friends. Um, I might cry, though, is the thing. I'll it watch seems the to be, yeah. And I might cry. And then I might go, fuck. I care. <laughs> care about people. That doctor was so wise. <laughs> Look at her. She doesn't want to weigh what she weighs. I hope she finds love. <laughs> this guy doesn't even know his dad until today. He's so angry, but he won't let that anger rob his child of a grandfather. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, that's it on that one. It's worth a review anyway, just for the discomfort it'll cause you and Mike, Steve. Oh, yeah. God. It's like the slap, but nobody gets slapped. Uh, yeah, if they called it the slap, it would be better. Powers. Yeah. Why doesn't somebody just tell her to stop eating? <laughs> so we have two emails in this week. Oh. oh we don't like emails. Stop emailing us. No. Dear Is a Bicycle Crew, I listen to a number of TV and film podcasts, and I really enjoy the fun you guys have in the recording studio. Different podcasts tend to vary on their approach to spoilers, the statute of limitations on spoilers, and so on. Some 
podcasts are TV show specific, so they go into the tiniest detail from the events of that week to casts like yours where you try to avoid them. Do you feel like you can do an effective review of a TV show or movie without harking to events and specific dialogue within that content? Love the show, Mike in Colorado. Mike, we've been doing it for years. <laughs> Ten seasons at this stage. Well, Mike is listening, so we're obviously doing something he likes. Mm. Yeah. It's very hard not to spoil. Yeah. But uh, with a bit of practice, you kind of... Yeah. Well, there's a school of thought out there that you can't review something properly without spoiling it. That's true. And yeah. the podcast he's talking about that do spoilers are... Sorry, not the TV show specific ones like yeah. the Throne cast and things like that. The focus on one show, yeah, yeah. Like the, the more general ones, like ours, that pick a movie or a TV show or whatever. Because um, to their view, I think would be that to back up a review, you kind of need to cite references in the show mm. uh, to make an effective point. But um, I think we do an okay job of doing that without doing that. If you know what I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's... I think the worse something is, the freer I feel about spoiling it. Like yeah. if I want to stop people from seeing something, like if I think something is so horrid that I don't expect it and I want it to not exist, then I'm okay with swinging a little bit wider than I usually do. <laughs> but if I really, really like something and if, because like for some things you do know how they're going to end. So spoilers are, don't come into it that much, you know? So like, like for example... You know, like reviewing, uh, yeah, like reviewing something based on history, for example, is, is one thing. Or maybe reviewing like a superhero origin story. You know, maybe, maybe there are things where you don't have to worry too much. But then there's other things that only work or they operate upon the principle of you don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know. I think it's different case by case. Yeah. And anything in the trailer is fair game. Yeah. And, it's, and there are some things that I feel like make such a big splash. That like okay, like there are people who don't watch Game of Thrones and don't read the books yeah. who know what happened with Jon Snow at the end of last season. Yeah, like you can avoid that to a yeah. certain degree, you know. So, so we definitely that. try and steer steer away from robbing people of the kimono moment. Did I hear this during the week? Yeah, it was on that uh, Miss Dynamite. Ah, that's mm, what it was. Yeah. <clears throat> crying, crying game reference. Mike, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's frustrating because you do want to quote chapter and verse on why this is shit. But, <laughs> but yeah. I, I suppose you'd, you'd be in danger of uh, getting a little bit too academic if you dissect every line of the of the show and, that you're looking at. And Oh, God, it'd be like doing Wuthering Heights for the English. Yeah, you know, even yeah. Even again, you know. So, so. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine for, you know, ultra fans of a specific show. But if you're just a general punter, it's probably too much. Yeah. Sean in Belfast writes, Last week you guys discussed the F rating system for displaying the prominence of women in a given production. What other rating systems do you think would tip cinema goers off in advance on what to expect from a film? Would these ratings be detrimental to enjoying a show? Mike, you probably have a few good ideas here. Yeah, you'd have a V for vegan, which would cover, you know, anything annoying. What about... <laughs> you got me with that one. Got, I wasn't sure where you were leading me and then it just hit. That was brilliant. Um, I hope there's no vegans listening. 
Um, and if if they are, we do apologize for Mike. <laughs> you could um, also use C we, for CrossFit in the same way. Yeah, well, so. yeah. <laughs> Good, yeah. It's the opposite of Fight Club. The first thing, the first rule of CrossFit is you have to talk about CrossFit. <laughs> like I was saying to Mike, you know, if you're a vegan and you're a CrossFitter, what the fuck do you talk about first? <laughs> um, it's like a cat with toast on its I was back thinking, there. what about what about a C rating, which would display prominent use of a cat suit? Oh, that's yeah. interesting yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. Yeah. yeah but is it common enough to justify like every movie getting a c rating you know if there's only say one percent of movies a year that have us have a cat suit feature uh you you need a h rating then h, h for honeys mm. yeah. yeah yeah what about i had a similar rating going for do you remember when spartacus was on and I would keep track of the naked male butt cheek versus boob ratio. <laughs> like maybe if they did the boob to butt ratio and just put it up, put it on the DVD box or something like it'd be four boobs to every male butt cheek. BBR. I, I like it. A useful one for like, uh, we've, we've talked and previewed a lot of shows with like time travel and stuff. Maybe a useful thing for like the physicists in the audience. BS, like bad science. Mm-hmm. Like just like this makes no sense. We know. Yeah. Sorry, I know you can't fly around the world and turn back time. It's BS. Just don't worry about it. Turn your brain off. It's fine. Oh, okay. It was a radioactive spider. It makes there's sense. one. There's one. Yeah, Steve, there's you one. often say leave the brain at the door. Brain at the door. There it is. Should go. be a picture yeah. of a brain with an X over it. BAD <laughs> saying not required. Yeah. <laughs> BAD. Nice. <laughs> yep. Can't think of any others now. Um. We were just talking about spoilers and stuff and, and fan-specific things. DSS, I, decent sex scene. <laughs> um, That's different just, from an SCP rating or softcore porn. <laughs> I just wanted to throw something out that happened. Uh, SWUO, <laughs> sex with underwear on, which is really annoying. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. And whenever they do that, you just know nobody's wearing crotchless. It's not called chaffing. I'm not going there, Steve. <laughs> no? Oh, it's just, okay. <laughs> it's called dry riding in this country. <laughs> um, there was the Arrow finale uh, aired uh, this past week, mm-hmm. and the subreddit for it got so mad and were so disappointed that they became a Daredevil subreddit. Oh, no What's a subreddit? <laughs> So uh, oh, yeah. the website Reddit, uh, uh, basically a subreddit is you pick a specific thing and this is the home for it, mm-hmm. like on Reddit. on Like the a internet. forum. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like a, a sub forum. People yeah. post news, yeah. people post reviews, people post mm. like images, memes, yada, yada. So like uh, pretty much every show has one at this point. So there was one for Arrow, the main one. Loads of people on this, thousands and thousands of people. And they all collectively hated and just talked about how much they hated the season finale that they they switched all their images and all their avatars from Arrow ones to Daredevil ones. <laughs> so I was looking at the post. So they have like a season four finale review, season four spoiler, like spoiler cast. Like they have all these things. And then the next thing, like they, they also have a watch along for people who want to be on the Reddit and comment while they watch the episode. So they had all those for the finale. And then the next thing was Daredevil season one, episode one, watch along. <laughs> so they apparently switched there's big X's through all the Arrow logos and they have like the Daredevil like logo from season one they literally were just like fuck it what's like the show that we watch fucking better this fucking bullshit <laughs> and also switched camps from DC to Marvel which is another little dig um, 
But Arrow's been bad for a while now. Season one, episode one, as far as I remember. Ah, uh, no, Steve. Steve, uh, stop no, it now. Come on. Have you not seen the CrossFit Athletics stuff he does? I did, yeah, that he learned in five years, along with all his ninja. Uh, on his island. Stuff. Yeah. What, what about Felicity Smoke? <clears throat> She's a child. I uh, know, Ted. I uh, know. <laughs> She's really good at computers. <laughs> yeah that that's why we like her <laughs> um but like like i enjoy watching the flash and legends of tomorrow but i really struggle with arrow these days i'm way behind on it um maybe i won't bother now yeah, if the finale is that bad well it's the first uh it's the first next season will be the first season in like three where they haven't had to launch a show hmm. like they had to launch the flash and legends of tomorrow the past two seasons so They've actually been focusing on other things while trying to do their own. But they, they took the writers that made Arrow good and put them on Flash. So I mean, the the writers they left behind are obviously not as good, and unless they're going to put the the writing team back on, you know. Well, we're coming up to a big year for Arrow because he was on the island and other places yeah. for five years. Yeah. It's season five. <laughs> they're going to run out of flashbacks. Right? You would hope so, but I bet you they don't. Well, I'm wondering what they're going to do. I'll, I'll be interested. They're going to have to shake it up big style. Uh, it's going to have to be a, a huge change. I think they're aware that if they want to keep going as a show, they need to figure it out. Yeah. There's also going to be a four-way crossover with Supergirl, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Arrow. Oh, God, do I have to watch a load of Supergirl to catch up? Nah, nah, just watch, like, one. The no, one I've watched, like, eight or nine of them, like. Ugh. But it's tight going. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's it for I, email, Steve. Sorry? I don't remember who said this on the Reddit, but somebody started to describe the superhero shows as a family. Like, Arrow is the older brother who started out strong, but he fell in with a bad crowd, and he just he just can't hold on to it. <laughs> and, like, The Flash is the chipper younger brother who everybody praises for doing the right things. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is, like, the fun uncle who, like, shows up every now and then, and he always has crazy stories, like, ridiculous stuff. <laughs> and Supergirl's, like, the adopted, like, like niece or, or cousin that everyone just loves having over. And then it degenerated into a bunch, this is the same Reddit, it degenerated into a bunch of insults about Arrow. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, Arrow always comes over to Thanksgiving high. Like, yeah, Arrow's <laughs> always in the dumpster, just, like, seeing what needles he can find and just shooting them up. <laughs> like, doing <laughs> meth, starting garbage fires. And I was just like, oh, they really don't like it. I'm going to keep watching it forever I, until I die. I think I'll so start uh, an Is It a Bicycle subreddit. I was just thinking that. Yeah, we yeah. need one. Yeah. So send your emails to podcast at isitabicycle.com or hit us up on Twitter at Is It a Bicycle or on our Facebook page. And I read all the emails, so keep them coming. We don't get time to read them all out because Steve is a very harsh time master. That's right. That's right. Right. I'll leave it there. Okay. So from Sean, Mark, Mike, and Steve, stay classy. <laughs>